0: Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. I can tell you that song just moved me like to a different dimension. But um, we are called a lot of things in this world, y'all. But child of God is the most precious thing that we can be called. Are y'all with me? Amen. Okay. So, today we're starting a new series centered around prayer. In fact, we are centering everything that we do here at Woodlawn this month and always around prayer. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. in this room, we begin 21 days of prayer. So, yeah, if you've never come, you guys come. It is an awesome time of worshiping and praying for our church and our community and our country, and it's a very powerful thing. And I hope that you guys will come at least once. And if you come once, you're going to want to come again. And if you're not an early riser, you can attend at 9 a.m. on Saturdays. And you can always watch it on our website as well. Wonderful things happen when we pray. And we want to do everything that we can as a church to get you motivated and equipped to do so. Let's start right now. Father in heaven, teach us to pray. Help us to step out of our comfort zones and pray big, mountain-moving prayers. Give us the faith to know that when we pray here on earth, things happen in the heavenlies. Show us your glory and majesty. In Jesus' mighty, precious, beautiful name we pray. Amen. Prayer is the most powerful thing that exists in this world. But we don't do it as often as we should or as boldly as we should. Sometimes I think we believe that we're only allowed to beg for scraps when the truth is we are God's beloved children. And he uses our prayers to work miracles on earth. He is waiting for us to ask him to move and yet we don't I want you to think about it this way imagine your whole life you've had this dream that's been percolating in your system it's a business or a ministry and it's been with you for a long time but it's big and you need a lot of money to start it and now all of a sudden you find yourself in a position where you only need say $50,000 for it to begin And there's a bank right down the street that would love to give you that money. But you never go and ask. So your dream is unfulfilled. Or, at the spur of the moment, one day you decide you're going to do this big crazy thing. You don't have a real plan or much knowledge on the subject, but you run down to the bank and you ask them for $3 million. And they say no. And they should. That's what the Bible says that we do. At James 4, 2 and 3, it says, You have not because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. That's a pretty enlightening verse. We don't have because we don't ask. Or when we ask, we ask for the wrong things for the wrong reasons. We never go to the place where we will get what we need, or we ask for things that we're not really for our good. If we were given, if they were given to us, it would not really help us. So how do we do better? How do we pray? And not only that, how do we pray for things that honor God? and are not about ourselves. Let's start here. There are two big things that we do wrong. First, our prayers are too small. God is sitting in heaven with unlimited power and ability. And we are asking Him for what amounts to a ham sandwich. He is capable of giving us The finest, most melt-in-your-mouth filet mignon we have ever had. And we ask for ham. I know he's sitting up there shaking his head, and he's going, why don't you guys ask for something that proves that I'm involved? Secondly, our prayers are too general. The more specific our prayers, the more trust in God it shows. It shows him that we believe. That when he, we believe him when he says things like, Nothing is impossible for me. If you pray, I will move those mountains out of your way. I believe if God's church were motivated and knew what to ask for, we would live in a different world. The darkness around us would be beaten back and the light of the Lord would shine into the dark places so much more. It is important for us to pray. There's a story in Second Kings of a king of Judah named Hezekiah who was dying. God sends the prophet Isaiah to him and says, "Tell Isaiah, tell Hezekiah to get his house in order because he's about to die. And upon hearing this news, Hezekiah just knew it was the word of the Lord, and he believed it. So he turned his face. It says he turned his face to the wall, so he got alone, and he began to pray, and he began to cry. And he cried out to God, and he reminded him, God, don't you remember how faithful I have been to you all these years? Please don't let me die. So God heard Hezekiah, and he allowed him 15 more years on the earth. His prayer touched heaven, and God moved in a mighty way in Hezekiah's life. Now, centuries later, there was a man named Martin Luther. They used to teach about him in school. Not so much anymore. <laughs> so this is the guy that sparked the reformation of the church. He wrote this thing called the 95 Thesis, which basically was all the problems that the church had and he nails it to the church door. He was not very um, liked by the church leaders anymore. Well, he had a friend named Friedrich Myconius. Well, Friedrich was helping him to reform the church, and he got very ill, so he writes Martin Luther a letter to tell him goodbye. And Martin Luther, upon reading the letter, sends his friend back uh, his reply, and he says, I command thee in the name of God to live because I still have need of thee in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that thou art dead but will permit thee to survive me. For this I am praying. This is my will and may my will be done. Because I seek only to glorify the name of God. There it is, y'all. By the time that Friedrich had received this letter from Martin Luther, he had lost even the ability to speak. He was at death's door. After reading the letter, he recovered completely and lived six more years surviving Martin Luther by two months. Now, lest you think that Luther, because of his actions in reforming the church, was some sort of super-Christian that we could never measure up to, let me tell you a little bit more about him. After he spent some time trying to convert Jews to Christianity without success, he became outspoken against them as murderers of Christ who did not recognize their Messiah. (laughs) Despite all of the good that he did, He was just like us. He failed God at times and was not perfect. But his prayers touched heaven and earth, and so can ours. I have one more story about the power of prayer, a little less dramatic, but one that most of you will probably recognize. I read a book a few years ago, a decade ago probably, written by a Christian who was telling his own story He talks about being a 12 or 13 year old kid who went to church camp, which a lot of us did. And after a night of worship, he says he felt overcome with God. So he runs out of the building and he doesn't know if he's running to God or away from him. And he finds himself outside beside a tree shaking and overcome. He prays, Lord, I don't know what to say to you. But I know you're speaking to me. You can have all of me. For the rest of my days, I want to live for you. Whatever you want, whatever you ask, it's yours. I belong to you now. Amen. Amen. That's a prayer of surrender. And I'm sure and I hope that many of you have had that same experience with God. You know that point where it's just not about you anymore And it's all about Jesus That's the way it should be So a few years go by And he's now playing worship tunes for a traveling preacher And when he would have been asked to do so He only knew five or six songs None of which were appropriate to the task That he was asked to do so he was given a, giving a cassette tape to learn the music. Y'all remember those? Some of you are like, oh, what? So he said he taped the songs, he wrote the songs with the music on the floor and taped them down the stage. And as the set moved on, so did he. He just moved on down the stage as he sang. He was by no means great at music. One night after the service, he said, the preacher comes up to him and takes him to the side, and he says, you're gifted. Of course, you have a lot to learn when it comes to leading people in worship. And these are his words. He says he paused. But God has bigger plans for you than you can imagine now. He reached over and put his hand on my head. That was weird. Then he prayed a simple one-sentence prayer. God, make Chris a psalm writer for his generation. Now, unless you've been living under a rock for about the last decade and a half, you will know that that man's name is Chris Tomlin. Good, good father, how great is our God? God did answer that prayer in a mighty way. And I don't know that there's a church anywhere on this planet where they don't sing his songs. God answers prayers. He hears and he moves. We just have to pray and believe. The best place for us to learn how to pray is in the Word. There you will find Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. We even have some of his own prayers recorded so that we can learn from him. Along with other greats of the faith, set out for us so we can learn. I love the prayers of the Apostle Paul that he makes for those that he loves and serves. We're going to take a look at one in Ephesians 3, starting at verse 14. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Such a beautiful prayer. It's almost as if he learned from me. <laughs> Just kidding. Now, this guy can pray. You know, we can learn from him. Paul is writing to the church. He, still, he helped to start in Ephesus. And while he's reading this, writing this letter and this prayer to this church in Ephesus, he is sitting in a Roman prison. It's somewhere around 60 AD. So here's this guy chained night and day to a Roman guard. Praying so selflessly for others. Now that in itself will preach. Because praying and worrying about others is not what we tend to think about when we're in a bad place ourselves. Lord, may we all be more like Paul. He starts by saying that he kneels before the Father in heaven. Kneeling is a posture of submission. And it is something that we should do on occasion but it is not the only posture for prayer. I mean, you can pray driving down the road in your car, and if you're driving down back beach, you need to be praying. (laughs) I use different postures for different times. There have been times in my life when I have been so low that all I could do was lay flat out, face on the carpet and pray like my life depended on it. And I can tell you in some of those times it felt like it did. And when I'm at war with the enemy, like at 6 o'clock in the morning, if I make it here, you will see me marching around like a soldier because it keeps me on my toes. And sometimes we stand together and pray, right? Our eyes are open, our eyes are closed because it doesn't matter. We just pray. The posture of our heart is so much more important than the posture of our body. You get that right first. When we come to God, we're acknowledging that we need things from him that we cannot do on our own. We need his help. God, we worship you. We cannot do life on our own. Help us, Lord. Just coming to God in prayer is an acknowledgement of all those things. Paul is praying for this church he planted, and he is asking God for things for them. But I want you to notice he is not asking God for worldly things. He is asking for spiritual things. This is the way we need to be praying for one another. This is the way we need to be praying for our leadership and for our church and for our community and for our country. Paul prays, strengthen and strength and power in their inner man that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. We need that, right? Imagine what better Christians we would be if every morning we got up and we prayed like this for those who are, around, who are around us. Lord, strengthen my brothers and sisters spiritually. Fill their hearts with faith through Christ. Give them power through your Holy Spirit. Rooted and grounded in love, let every thought and every action of all those around me begin from a place of love we would be letting people go in front of us in the parking lot and we would have people waving with all five fingers when we go down the road (laughs) y'all get me I love 940 y'all get me (laughs) we would be surrounded by others who cared more about others than they do about self And they would live and love to serve. We would have a church who acted like the church. Lord, may my brothers and sisters get just how much God loves them. That is huge. People who are loved well act differently, they're more settled in themselves. There's a freedom about them. They're not insecure because they know they have worth and they know that they're loved. They know someone has their back. If we all got just how much God loved us, we would all be different. All of us. He continues to pray, Father, fill my people with everything that you are. All your love, all your patience, your gentleness, your peacefulness, may they all be just like you. The world just became a better place, didn't it? I love how Paul ends this prayer. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. He's saying, Lord, I have asked you for some big things, but I know that you are able to do infinitely more than I even know how to ask because you are not limited by my weak mind. So go on and do it, Lord, whatever it is, and I will give you the glory for all the things that you do. That dude can pray. I cannot wait to get to heaven and meet him. So would you guys do me a favor for the next seven days? Would you make a covenant with me right now that for the next seven days, you will get up and pray this prayer for each other? It's only seven or eight little verses. It'll take not more than a minute or two of your day. But I guarantee you that it's going to make changes in this body of Christ that will echo into eternity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for teaching us about prayer and how powerful it is. We ask that you make it our heart's desire to pray the way you would have and that you would give us faith to ask for things that are worthy of your abilities and glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.